Hello, my name is Reverend Casey Carbone, and you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church at Mayopac. We are currently worshiping on Sundays at 10 a.m., both on Facebook Live and YouTube Live. We hope that this message provides you with a source of encouragement and allows you to grow more deeply in your faith as we all continue to seek to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Our reading today comes to us from the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verses 14 to 21. This reading actually concludes our series on the Ten Commandments. Last week we took a break as it was a communion Sunday and we were looking at a different passage. So if you would please join me now in listening to our reading that comes to us once again from the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verses 14 to 21. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. When all the people witnessed the thunder and lightning the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, they were afraid and trembled and stood at a distance and said to Moses, You speak to us and we listen, but do not let God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid, for God has only come to test you and to put the fear of him upon you so that you do not sin. Then the people stood at a distance while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you please pray with me? Almighty God, we give you thanks for this reading of Holy Scripture. And we ask that as we meditate upon these final commandments that they remind us of the ways in which you have called us to live in community together with one another that our hearts may be set on the life-giving pathways you have set before us, that we may set aside our fear or our pride, our yearning for power, our desire to have instead of to share. God, we ask that we may feel your spirit with us wherever it is we go, as we continue to be your hands and your feet in the world. We pray this in your most holy name. Amen. So we've come to the end of our series on the Ten Commandments. And of course, we could have continued for another four weeks. However, it seemed right to end our study of the Ten Commandments with a look at the final four as a whole. Commandments that really do hammer home some essential truths for us. Essential components of what it means to live in a community. Such things like trust and assurance, things like truth and desire. Assuming, of course, that we understand the importance of our relationship to God and ourselves, understand holy rest and the idea of life that come to us from the previous commandments, the final four commandments round out our understanding of communal living. And while it may seem like a lot to process, 
it does give us the opportunity to ask ourselves in the end, how do I faithfully live out the Ten Commandments? Previously, you've either heard me say or you might have seen some posts that I've written for our weekly pastor's pondering. Now, I've, I've mentioned now a few times that the Ten Commandments are not a limiter. The Ten Commandments are not a limiter or a, a set of prohibitions or this notion of God just wagging a finger at us. Instead, I think it's better for us to think as of the Ten Commandments as a set of guides that show us what could be if we only set aside our pride and our selfishness. Adultery, lying, stealing, and coveting may be only for restrictions, if we want to use that word restrictions, but they reveal to us a much broader understanding of the world around us. They reveal to us a broader understanding of how we can do and live better in accordance with the heart of God. If we focus our positive energies in that direction. What these final four commandments do is take us outside of our individual spheres or our individual bubbles and show us really how our actions impact the people around us. It shows us that big picture. Because at the time when we commit acts that do harm, we may think that our self-interest outweighs the needs of others, outweighs the call that God has placed on us to care for our neighbors. But God reminds us today in this reading that such deeds lead to nothing but hurt and disappointment. Some examples of this we, we can see in the commandments for today. And I want to say that I typically avoid talking about things that fall outside of my realm of knowledge. So as we look at the seventh commandment, you shall not commit adultery, I'll stick to what I do know, which is trust. And our trust can also apply to the eighth commandment, the one about you shall not steal. These commandments show us what a privilege it is when we can trust someone and what pain can arise if we take that trust for granted or misuse it to gratify ourselves. Trust is an essential piece of living together, and one that sadly is overcome by ill intent. In moments I'm sure that you can recall. Again, God presents us with an example of everything else that is possible when we uphold the trust others have placed in us, and honor it, and use it as a life-giving gift. The same is also true for the ninth commandments, you shall not bear false witness. Truth is also another critical component to any group of individuals who choose to live together. However, as, as we probably undoubtedly know at this point, truth can also be twisted. Truth can be mangled to the point where a guilty party can manipulate others using falsehoods. To live out this commandment faithfully means that sometimes, sometimes, if, well, actually, we always need to call out such falsehoods that could endanger the community or perpetuate dangerous narratives. 
When we corrupt truth or fail to call out corrupted truth, we fail to uphold the ninth commandment. Truth that has been turned into self-preservation or tools of abuse of power have no place in God's kingdom. And of course, we can't forget about the tenth commandment, the final commandment, which is you shall not covet. What does it mean to covet? I, th- I think it's a little more than just longing for something, longing for something else even. Coveting is almost a type of avarice or greed that fuels a desire to often take destructively. Now we should be clear in saying that there is a difference between setting goals for yourself because you aspire to reach a certain point or model someone else, right? You can sort of look at someone perhaps and and see what's going on in their life and think, you know, I I really want to improve myself. Or, you know, I really want to work on on this aspect of my life to get to a certain point because I see how it's worked out for someone else. There's a difference between that, which I think is a positive use of our time and our energy. And there's a difference between that and this sinking deep into a state of almost wants and madness because you won't be happy until you have what other people possess. Now, those are two extremes, but it's that kind of mentality on on the latter side of it is what leads to a path of despair, the mentality of only caring about ourselves, which the 10th commandment is warning us, leads to those paths of hurt and disappointment. Now, the opposite of such hurt and the opposite of such disappointment comes out of our obedience to God's will for our lives. And a healthy community that counteracts such things begins with an understanding of the divine or at least at the very at the very least an understanding of the universal truths and then turns to an understanding of the self and then takes us into the wider realm of interacting with people who are also grappling with the same issues that plague our own lives it makes sense doesn't it because how how can we live with one another How can we live with one another in community and and live in harmony if fear takes a hold of us, if we distrust each other, if we express greed and let hate prevail? The mending and caring for relationships is so vital to countering the hurt and disappointment that our selfish desires bring. And now the Ten Commandments takes it as far to say that we should even be concerned about the microaggressions that we initiate because it may lead to something more down the line. So we need to be careful. We need to be aware of how we conduct ourselves in both our speech and our actions. As we look at the final commandments, I I think it's fair to say that we're not going around every day committing acts of adultery or, or we're not going around stealing. We're not bearing false witness hopefully not intentionally, and we're probably not coveting our neighbor's property to to such a destructive level. Yet how many times have we engaged in variations of these acts in our daily lives? Because certainly there are ways that we can cause harm in our relationships, even even if that means we don't act on, on adulterous feelings. There are ways that we can steal and bear false witness in ways that causes harm to others. And there's ways in which we can covet in an unhealthy manner, in a way that leads to almost an obsessiveness. 
There has to be a driving force behind these temptations that cause us to break the sacred bonds of the community. There has to be something that makes it so difficult for us to faithfully live out the Ten Commandments, and I believe that answer lies in the question of what if. What if? (laughs) What if is one of those questions that come back to haunt us if we aren't careful? And it very well may cause us to act selfishly and in our own self-interest, placing ourselves above others. I mean, if we aren't sure what's going to happen next, right, in, in this crazy world, or or worse, if we, if we don't care, then why does it matter what I or you do? That is what this question asks. And this question is especially dangerous when we consider the impact it has on the final four commandments. Not only is it a question that we use to justify our waywardness, but it's also a question we use to try and put God into a box that helps us justify ourselves. And I know that sounds crazy, but that is what a tenacious sense of self does. And it is exactly what we should avoid in our daily lives. Now, there was this American Trappist monk by the name of Thomas Merton, who who once said that our idea of God tells us more about ourselves than about God. Let me say that one more time. Thomas Merton once said that our idea of God tells us more about ourselves than about God. Something extra for us to chew on this morning, but I mention it because it does also speak to how we justify our actions and desires, even when we know that they will damage or hurt the people we love, the community we belong to, and our relationship with God. We cannot contain God with our question of what if, and we cannot try to limit God or make God in our own image by conducting ourselves outside the life-giving pathway God has set in front of us. God cares for every one of us. God cares for every one of us. And God cares about who we are. And God cares about who we have invited to be a part of the community, to be a part of the table, to have a seat at it. And God cares about those whom we have also pushed aside. Pushed aside with either our words or actions or displays of intolerance. That is good news, though, that God is there reminding us to care for other people, and God is there to show care when we ourselves have failed to do so. But the good news is also that we do not have to be afraid in those moments when we aren't able to faithfully live out these commandments. As Moses tells the people, God only desires what is good for our lives. God wills that we avoid a life of sin so that indeed our lives may be a true reflection of the heart of God. There is grace to be found and there is more than enough for each of us. We should walk away from our time at the Ten Commandments with a deeper appreciation of what it actually takes to live in the complex systems that make up our our lives. And as we've seen, it takes a lot of blood and sweat and effort to keep us on 
track. So may we all continue to contribute to the ways of life God has modeled for us as we maintain, grow, and cultivate this sacred sense of love for God and one another in this beautiful thing we call community. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.